0: After two days of having a constant headache, I am back to sea level and back to the viscosity of my blood that I desire. Hello, everyone. It's the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. Hello, Dame. Hello, Pete. Uh, good to be with you. Kristen's not here this week, and so she, does, she likes the wide shot. She likes when we pull the camera back. Mm. That's her preference. She's mm-hmm. not here, so we're going tight shot. If you're watching the live stream, you're
1: getting... Uh, An eye full of bald man. I immediately had to push my computer back to try and get a little distance between my camera and my face because it was overwhelming.
0: Good morning, Big Rick Swink. Good to be with you. Dame, I was in uh, Salt Lake City uh, this past week. Uh, Almost wasn't. Almost was in the bottom of the Salt Lake, I think. Uh, So there was a massive storm over the Salt Lake City airport on Tuesday night. So we circled for 45 minutes or whatever they call that in a holding pattern. Mm -hmm. And we went around four or five times and the pilot came on and said, look, this is, oh, there's pilot Jeremy. Jeremy, you're gonna have to help us out on this one. The pilot came on and said, uh, we're gonna go on our last uh, path around on this holding pattern, or we're gonna have to divert uh, to Idaho and go refuel. Cause if we don't, we will run out of fuel. And he said that. And so everyone's like, what the heck? Maybe you shared a little too much. And then he was like, oh, right as they turned to go get more fuel, then we landed. Uh, And I then had altitude sickness for two days because I'm a a
1: pasty Midwesterner that can't handle altitude. Did they bring you down a little faster than you feel like they normally would because they saw a window?
0: No, no. It was a very, it was a weird thing. But Jeremy. it says that's true he had to deal with it. he had to fly
1: uh, fly around it from Austin to Seattle. Dame, how you doing? Uh, I'm I'm all right. I do want to point out Caitlin made it in today even though her sister's not on maybe that's why she's here today. Nobody knows we're not gonna guess but I uh, I had lunch yesterday with someone who I wasn't aware was a listener of the show. whoa they brought me a gift.
0: Wait, you got a gift from a listener of the show who you didn't know was a listener of the show.
1: Yeah. And do you know how I know? They listened fairly recently. How? Well, I can't see. Hold it up. Irish
0: Spring Soap. (laughs) Uh, Okay, can we do this? Can you pull it out of the box and then carve a little piece out like they do in the commercial? I know you have a knife
1: on you. I don't today. What? I know. What? I know. The, hold on can you at least
0: might... use your flashlight to shine the soap
1: i don't have one of those in my pocket either
0: what are you gonna do in a dark stabby situation
1: i could i could use a little key that i had in no, my desk you blew I, it. I tried to like oh
0: man jameson and i are on the same them. page uh last week dame you missed it i broadcast from home from my courtyard uh, which i think <sighs> you picked up on you were watching from vacation yeah, I just I wanted to make sure everything was under control. Big Rick swink brings up an interesting point. Dame, are you wearing pants right now? Because those pockets are usually filled with illumination and stabs. I will not stand up to uh confirm or deny. Do you feel like your Krav Maga is at like a heightened level without a weapon on you? It has to be. It has to be. It's like <laughs> this is this is a phenomenal start to the show. I love it. Uh, Andy asked a little bit earlier. There was a massive bumblebee that tried to kill me at the end of last week's podcast slash live stream, and I did survive it. And it was very large. Um, thanks for asking, Andy. Was it a carpenter bee? A carpenter bee. My boss is a Jewish carpenter. Isn't that like the the Jesus bumper
1: sticker? Yeah, Is right? exactly right. Yeah.
0: Was Jesus a carpenter too, or just Joseph? Was Jesus doing woodwork? Do you know?
1: I don't. I don't.
0: Because that's the thing. I feel like, was Jesus Christ a carpenter? This is a very fair
1: question. I think it's assumed that he uh, did some woodworking, but I, I I don't know if it's ever confirmed in any of the Gospels.
0: Man. Like, I wonder if he did, like, uh, farmer's markets and did, yeah, like, wood-made snowmen. Yeah. You know, like, you know. Yeah.
1: And those uh, those uh, little tricks where there's like that little ball inside of the one the, yeah. the piece of single piece of wood.
0: Yeah, he called Christ puzzles. <laughs> that was his name of his stand, where he'd like mm. make the mm. no. Mm. Let's move along. Yeah. <laughs> Uh he had a wood turning YouTube channel.
1: <laughs> That's Jameson's joke. That's like Jameson's joke. and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Uh okay. This is a
0: good, this is a good probably was a carpenter bee. Oh wait, Rick's, I thought you were back to Jesus. So were you the
1: bee was a carpenter. Okay, here we go. See? What? I, somebody else agreed with the carpenter. It was huge as carpenter bee. I, like he says, find the hole.
0: Okay, Dame, this week on the show, we've got someone who wants to borrow from their 401k for maybe a good reason. I don't know. We can debate that. It's car related. Uh, Number two, uh, we are going to talk about the the intersection of of a lifestyle that you can afford and that you want. Is that right? Is that what you're talking about?
1: The the life you uh, can afford and the life you think you deserve.
0: And so much more. All right, so let's start the show. (coughs) I got some things. Sorry, Jeremiah. Uh, are you ready? Yeah. Uh, did I, oh, this is episode 499. Ah, yes. <clears throat> uh, Jeremy asked if I had a Miguel before the show, and Dame, we had just talked about that. You did I, I did not have a Miguel. I had two cups of uh, strong coffee, and I'm scared of the Miguel's
1: now. I don't know why. It's just Pete's natural excitement of getting to talk to me. Dame, you have a young boy that lives in your home, right? Occasionally, yeah. Yeah. Yeah has
0: the prime sports drink phenomenon hit uh northern
1: indiana? Yeah. Yeah, we've got prime powder that we can add to uh not not just the bo- the pre pre-made bottled drinks but we've got the powder that we can add to whatever vessel we want.
0: My young doppelganger and all of his friends are obsessed with mm. prime sports drink. I've never
1: tasted it. I d- I don't I mean is it What's the benefit over like Gatorade? Is it just flavors? Do the same stuff? What well, I don't even know. It's
0: it's made partially with coconut water, kind of like Body Armor is, <clears throat> um. So that it's like it's super hydration.
1: What's the uh? I, I'm gonna really show my yeah country bumpkin here. Uh, what's the difference between coconut water and coconut milk? Uh, coconut water is hydrating. It, it's like the the thinner. Uh huh. The water. Looks like water.
0: And coconut milk is the thicker, uh, a lot of fat in it.
1: Who, who knew coconuts uh, have multiple fluids?
0: Yeah. Two sets of udders inside That's crazy. those
1: coconuts. Yeah. 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 Let's move
0: on. Yeah. Okay. In three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us Pete at com. That's Pete at petetheplanner.com. And here's what will happen. Uh, we'll, we'll answer your question on the air. That's what we do occasionally. Is you will email us, we will read it aloud, and we will answer it. By we, I mean today. Damien Dunn, Vice President of Advice at Your Money Line. Hello, Dave. Good day, Pete. Kristen is on sabbatical, like a one day mm, sabbatical. One day sabbatical. Yeah. Well, at what point does sabbatical just be like, hey, I'm not going to work for a while? Like, wh- why? Why are we calling things a sabbatical? That's a great question. How long does a break from work have to be to be a sabbatical? Was your vacation last week a sabbatical?
1: No, it was a vacation.
0: Okay. Uh, Dane, we did receive a question this week, and it says, Dear Dunn Brothers and Miscellaneous, important mm. thing to note is that you and I have no relation that we know of. I just had somebody else ask me about that very thing recently as well. I am in desperate need of a car. I'm reading the email now. Mm. The problem I have less than ideal credit. Okay, it's pretty bad. I haven't found a lender who can give me a loan of less than 12% yet. I'm thinking about taking a 401k loan because my coworker, anytime an email says, because my coworker told me, it's usually a bad thing. Because my coworker (laughs) told me I can just borrow from myself and then pay back myself instead of paying the bank or some other lender. I've heard mention on the show that you're not fans of the 401k loan, but I'm not sure I understand why. I would appreciate your discussion on the topic. I don't know who sent this. I was, yep. Kristen put it in the, the radio. Anyway. Yep. All right, Dame. Um, interesting. So I first read it and I thought, what what is a good reason to take a 401k loan? Like on what point... Mm-hmm. Does it make more sense to do that than anything else? And the reason we generally don't like it is because you're robbing from your future to deal with something in the present, and and that math doesn't work very well. There's also some ugly tax ramifications that can occur, uh, but more than anything, it's the old Leonard Skinner: uh, two steps forward, and one step back. Is a one mm-hmm. step forward and two steps back. Give me, give me, th- give me three steps. Yeah toward the door I think. <laughs> anyway so what do you think Do you think the person should borrow from the 401k to get a lower interest rate to avoid the 12 percent or is there a better way to solve this problem
1: uh i'm i'm not 100 percent convinced that this is the best way to solve the problem it is a way to solve the problem it's probably the easiest way in the the moment to save the problem solve the problem but there are well, there are consequences uh, for for making this decision. Uh, first, for those of you that may not be up to speed on what 401k loans are, you're obviously taking money out of your account that you've saved. You are capped at how much you can take on a 401k loan, 50 grand or 50% of the balance, whichever is less. Uh, so you, you may not even be able to get all of the money you want to to get uh, the the vehicle you're looking at or Whatever goal you're 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 trying to fund with this 401k loan,
0: can I get a timeout? I, yes. I, I knew the 50k cap. I don't think I knew, or I have forgotten the 50 percent
1: rule. I didn't yeah. know that. Yep, 50k or 50 percent. Look at you. Do? Yeah. So if, if when people think four, uh, 401k loans, they may not be aware of some of the restrictions that are going to be put on. The other thing to keep in mind when you take a 401k loan out, yes, you're paying it back. You're also paying it back with after-tax money. You're paying it back with your with your you know paycheck, essentially, at that point. So you're not only paying it back with money you've already paid taxes on, you're going to pay taxes on that money when you take it out in the future as well. So you're, you're going to get double-dipped on those contributions. So even though it's easy to access that money, relatively easy to access that money, there are considerations. Also, if you lose your job for whatever reason, that loan becomes almost immediately... Uh, taxable. Cool. Yeah, pay, well, pay, payable. payable. And if, if, yeah. yeah, if you if you don't pay it back, it becomes a a pre a, a loan. All right, sorry, a distribution, premature distribution. Then it becomes taxable. So there's all sorts of possibilities. So if if you are dipping into your 401k to to fund whatever issue you're you're trying to solve, and you're doing it from a, a point of financial instability. You could be setting yourself up for big issues down the road. So that's one of the big reasons that we are generally not in favor of 401k loans. One of the most common reasons people take out a
0: 401k loan is to pay for college tuition. Mm -hmm. And without sounding harsh, that's a really bad idea. Like that is not something that we, we generally think is a good idea. And it's because... There are other means to borrow for a college education, no matter the interest rates. There is not another means to borrow for retirement stability. And so, it just don't do it. I I just think it's a bad idea. Now, Dame, I think one piece of information that is implied in this email is that the emailer has enough margin in their budget to cover a car payment of some amount. And I, I think... I don't want to gloss over that because I think that's interesting. They didn't really define what it was. Was it 200 bucks? Was it 500 bucks? Was it, I don't know, but I'm going to figure it out because I think that plays, I think this significantly plays into this because if they're going to borrow, Mm -hmm. I'm making things up now, $20,000 for uh, a car out of their 401k, but they've only allocated $230 a month uh, to, to pay the thing back that that's bad that's a bad situation that's a real yeah. bad situation
1: yeah there's there has to be a lot of uh, financial confidence if you're going to go this route to make sure that you're not going to cause yourself multiple issues going forward uh, another thing that occurred to me while you were talking there i wonder if this might be a case where somebody's trying to um outsmart the room because yeah, we, we hear the, the, the bank on yourself, uh, you know, the ads uh, or things like that where you, well, gosh, yeah, I borrow from my 401k. I'm going to pay myself back with interest. Why in the world? Wouldn't I borrow from myself, uh, and you know, get my car and make, a, you know, put a little bit more money into my 401k at the same time. Doesn't that make sense? And you're right. You are paying yourself back with interest. I, I can't argue that, but in many plans, you're not allowed to make contributions to your 401k. Not that you may be even able to afford to make contributions to your 401k while you're repaying that loan. So this is a, a it's a little bit more complex of a decision than I think most people give it uh, when they're they're making the decision to go that far. All right. So you and I have said our piece. What should this person do? <laughs> I I'm going to make the assumption that. It's really necessary to get there. I don't think they said it was um, they had to, to take the loan to get a new car or that they had to get a new car, I, but I'm going to assume that they have to get a new car at this point. I would, uh, if this is the only route, take a very small loan and get the uh, least expensive, reliable transportation they can that, that works. I, I would not go buy what you would normally buy uh, if, if you had to or could if you were in a better financial spot. But if you need something to just get you by, get by with as little as possible, if you have to take it out of the 401k loan, Otherwise uh, I would go to work on your credit score. If you can manage to delay that purchase six, eight, 12 months, go to work on your credit score and put yourself in a better position. Continue to make that loan payment. You would have otherwise paid uh, back to yourself to yourself into a savings account and have a little bit of a down payment uh, along with your, your trade-in your car to get the, the, the next vehicle.
0: Yeah, you can't look at a car loan that you would get under normal circumstances and compare it from an Apple's to Apple's perspective with a 401k loan that you would use to buy a car. So, so I'm with you, dude. Eight, $9,000 car. Like a some, if... Something that's going to get you there. It's not going to be pretty. Uh, But what's worse is if someone's like, well, I was going to buy a $25,000 car with a car loan, but 12% is too much. So now I'm going to buy a $25,000 car with a 40 K lane. That's where it it goes off the rails immediately. You have to cut it back. You know what else we're going to cut back? The last few seconds of this segment as we head (laughs) into a break. Coming up after the break, how do you... Get your head around a life you want versus a life you can afford. That's next on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. It actually plays really nice into that segment. Dame, I was in uh, Salt Lake City, as you know, this week. I heard something, just a phrase and then a concept that I don't think I've ever heard in my life. It was talked about so uh not casually so it's so, uh so freely that it's it's just a thing out there and it's i don't believe in a thing here so i want to talk about it because maybe i'm just uh i live in a uh what do they say what do you live in a what vacuum bubble bubble maybe i live uh, in a bubble
1: yeah
0: summer sales
1: like, like retail sales summer retail sales no summer door-to-door like, sales. It's what high school what? and college kids do. They go
0: around door-to-door in various industries and sell things door-to-door. Uh what do you think? Cut, like cut co-knives
1: and you know, st- yes, stuff like but that?
0: but but like solar panels or <laughs> like but but it's it's door-to-door sales and and I and I respectfully I was just like, "Hey, that wouldn't really f- Fly! It's so culturally accepted. Do people just answer the door? Because I'm not answering a door unless I
1: see tag-alongs, a red box of (laughs) tag-alongs, you know? Yeah. Um, That's really interesting. It never would have crossed my mind that that would be a common practice, especially for um, high school age and college age kids. Um, Summer sales. It's the
0: thing. And I was hearing one example – where someone was selling solar panels and the systems are like 20 25,000 bucks. Yeah. This student, college student I believe, made 40 grand over the summer selling solar panels door to door. And yeah. that was an average output. People who did the best got 80 to 90,000 for that a summer. Really,
1: that'll really charge up your savings account. That was uh, a yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah.
0: So anyway, summer sales, not not really a thing here in the Midwest. I couldn't do it there because the altitude would tire me out so much. I would have to sell like Advil in uh, Prime so I could stay hydrated.
1: So I, I don't know what the average elevation uh, of Salt Lake is, but in Colorado, there were stores that sold cans of oxygen. Mm. And I immediately thought of the movie Spaceballs. <laughs> Great movie. Yeah. I, I, I almost bought one just to walk around and take a hit of oxygen every once in a while, just just because.
0: All right, Dame. Let's do the segment. Do you want to set up the segment? I mean, I can um, I can I can, I can <clears throat> get us in, but if I can get to you, or do you want me to just like mess with it myself and see where we end up? Yeah, just mess with it yourself and right. it's the the excursion of Pete. Yeah. <sighs> sometimes good, sometimes. Actually, the first one wasn't that good. All right. And three, <laughs> two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. You ever wonder how you can get your head around this idea that you want to live a particular lifestyle? It's something you plan for, it's, it's you act on it. But then there's the idea of how that lines up against what you can actually afford it's the lifestyle you desire. Versus the lifestyle that is practical, and how, what's the give and take? How long can you live a lifestyle you can't afford? Out of, I can do what I want until it becomes problematic, and then you have to drop that lifestyle. Damon, did I properly set that up?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I hadn't considered the 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 possibility that somebody dives headlong into the lifestyle that they they think they deserve only to have to try and make that decision, they're going to have to dial it back uh, in the future. Man, I think that would be enormously more difficult than you know sitting around thinking, I deserve X, Y, or Z. Uh, how in the world do I get there because this is all I can afford? I, I hadn't gone that that far, and I think that's a, a much different challenge than, than kind of what we're talking about, somebody who is aspiring to that next level in this case. I mean, we've all likely most of us have uh financial aspirations uh, goals whether it's a vacation home or uh, our first home uh, or a, a better car or sending our kids to college or whatever that is but sometimes we're all limited we're all mostly all limited financially on trying to achieve all of those those different goals and it's a challenge mentally to and emotionally to be able to reconcile your your current state with where you want to go. And so what I thought would be beneficial today is the you and I just to kick around how do we deal with that? How do we make sure that we're living within our means, but uh still not losing sight of those aspirations and doing what we can to get there and maybe getting a taste of it every every once in a while. Does that does that make sense, Pete? Well I'll tell you this uh last couple months, I've personally been
0: a little guilty of well, I want to. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I'll buy something, nothing crazy. I mean, a hundred bucks or less. I mean, I, it's all relative, mm-hmm. which is not something I typically do. I don't just, like go out, buy random stuff. Last couple months, dude, I gotta be honest. I've done it a, few, a couple times and I'm just like, well, I wanted it. I needed it. And it, and it's not consistent. Now I save money. Obviously, I invest saying mm-hmm. invest money. I'm funding my goals, but that's just not consistent. But to me, it's that ping of, I want this. And I, I don't, I don't necessarily care that it probably is not a good idea. That's on the spectrum, right?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think, um, I mean, I've, I find myself doing that every once in a while. It seems like it goes in streaks. If yes. I'm being honest, like, like it's, it's not something I find myself doing all the time. And I, I don't want to say it's easy for me to shut that off when the reality of situations finally set in. and am like, Hey, you gotta stop doing that. But, it, once I notice that i'm I'm making some we'll call them abnormal uh, decisions the, that I would normally be in uh, I don't necessarily feel guilty about what I've done because I, I'm not harming my family's financial future for for any of that but it's not necessarily a trend that I want to to, to, to settle into because you know if it's if it's a random hundred dollar purchase today uh, either maybe they become more frequent or or that dollar figure starts to creep up, and then before you know it, we're talking about genuine lifestyle creep that that we we come back to every once in a while on, on the show. So it's it's a pattern to be aware of. I think the the one off stuff is is okay, is, assuming it's it's manageable and affordable for your lifestyle. But like I said, if if we can get somebody to prioritize uh, what they want in the future and then examine are, is their spending lining up with that? And basically, are, are you currently obviously covering all the day-to-day living expenses and whatnot, but whatever goals you've got outside of that, are you able to fund your future goals, whether it's setting money aside or maybe getting a um, comparable alternative uh, you know, is something that that's maybe a little less expensive. Like, say if you wanted to... Uh, Uh, go spend a a week at the beach in in Florida, two weeks at the beach. Maybe maybe you only go spend a week or maybe you go into uh, Michigan and spend a week on the Great Lakes where it might be a little more affordable. I I have no idea if it's more affordable to go to Michigan to spend a week on the beach there or not. I'm just saying it. But uh, yeah, I think there are options for you to try and make sure you're not setting yourself up to make it harder. How much do you think
0: when you feel susceptible to random spend, like I feel like I have been the last couple of months, including this week, just again, try to be as honest as I can on the show. Sure. How much of it is stress related for you? Mm. How much of it is, you know, works maybe a little harder or mm-hmm. this isn't going well. And I need to feel a sense of
1: accomplishment. Uh, how, how, how for you is that? Yeah. I, I think it's uh, very frequently stress related uh, to, you know, you get that natural rush uh, when, when you know it's called retail therapy for a reason. Uh, it it quickly fades, and that's usually when the the regret sets in. But I, it, if I had to go back and analyze my uh, patterns, it's it's mostly stress induced. Whether it's work, whether it's family, whether it's something that's completely out of my control or a decision I made, it's it's usually stress induced.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I'm the same way. Um, I think sometimes when I feel like I'm working very hard and I feel like I'm stretched thin and my time is a resource I don't feel like I have a good control over because I'm just burning it, it, mm-hmm. it with work, with hard work, not just sitting around watching TV. I feel like the other resource, money, the other economic resource goes to reward the time that I spent that's the best I
1: can I can break down my own brain there but that's how I feel here's a question do you think uh when you start to fall into these these periods uh, of your life or these episodes do you spend more on convenience or material stuff oh that's a great question material stuff
0: I think I mean because again I I bought I bought like a random shirt the other day. It was a nice shirt. I probably could have found a less expensive shirt. I don't need a shirt. I mean, I should always wear a shirt. If you have a <laughs> body you. like this, yeah. you got to cover it. I understand. Yeah, I'm not mowing the grass shirtless <sighs> for the neighbor ladies no. or fellas. Oh. Uh no, but yeah, I I think and we're not talking luxury, but we're we're talking material. But it for me, again, I mean Everyone's different and and we're trying not to judge. We're just trying to be honest yeah. with ourselves. I don't think, and you feel free to call me out. I don't think I make purchases to outwardly show something to someone else as look what I have. It's my own personal enjoyment. Feel free to call uh,
1: No Way on that if you like. I don't think so. I, I From what I know of you and, and how you live your life outside of work, you, that doesn't seem like something that I would have, assumed in one shape one way shape or another so i i believe that um i it doesn't surprise me that it's material stuff because i think that's probably what it is for me too and as we know we are related so that that makes sense uh i yeah i convenience seems like it would almost make more sense though if if, you know if we're stressed or trying to figure out you know let's just have somebody else take care of x y or z or you know i'm not not making dinner tonight or, or whatever it is, but I think it's usually material stuff. I don't know. It's something tangible that, that uh, maybe helps with the the stress. I don't mm-hmm. know. That's interesting.
0: Yeah. Mrs. Planner and I went out to dinner on Monday night, which is something we would never typically do. We went out a couple weeks ago, one, cause it's a summer and we can't, cause the kids are home or whatever, but I've been traveling so much and we went to a decent restaurant where spent probably a little bit more than we would spend on a Monday night dinner. And mm-hmm. and it wasn't convenience but Mm -hmm. it really was that stress relief of like, I feel like I've been burning the candle Mm -hmm. from both ends. And since I've been using time, I'm going to spend money to feel better about this time. I don't know, Dame, that's where I'm at with this. Let's spend some time right now paying for the show. Now we have commercials coming up. Uh, and then here's what we'll do after the break. Maybe we'll explore this more. Maybe we'll talk about one of our other glorious topics of the day. Who knows? We'll talk about it during the commercials. I'm Pete the Planner. Come back and find out soon. Uh, are we going to keep going on that? I mean, I could keep going on that, but I don't know. Are we just like it's spinning in circles. I don't interesting. Know. It's interesting to me,
1: I think. It would be great if Kristen was here because it turned into a therapy session and she'd be able to tell us exactly why we're doing what we're doing, but she's not. So. Uh, if somebody in the comments wants to throw a suggestion in there, please by all means. Uh, yeah. For the next segment, happy to happy to take suggestions. Do you
0: want to do the financial advisor thing? I I mean I, I that's one of those that I think you and I could tackle together. We can. I wonder if Kristen, what Kristen's perspective adds. I mean, again, me what her perspective adds to it versus. Because she's been a financial problem solver, but she has not specifically been a financial advisor. So I wonder if that she's, she, outside I, approach...
1: I'm pretty sure she has. Has she? Mm-hmm. For not a very long period of time, but I'm pretty yeah. sure she has. Okay. I'll look at you. I don't know. <laughs> That's all right. I, like I said, it wasn't a long time. I know it was eh, let's save that one for her. Let's awesome. save that one for okay. her. <laughs> uh, so now we're back to square one.
0: Mm-hmm-hmm. All right. Let's just do... Let's do some expanded news. I, I've got this... I got an economics thing. All right. So we can do a little bull market. We can do a little, uh, this engagement ring thing I have. Okay. All right. You good with that? Yeah. All right. We're going to flex some muscles here.
1: (laughs) Make it work. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's what I do. All right. Ready in three, two, one. Back on the Pete, the planner show. Dame, I was reading an article this week and it noted that the engagement ring industry is reeling. Because people in 2020 weren't out forming relationships, which would then later lead to getting engaged. So some of the volatility to this is due to the pandemic, we believe. Mm -hmm. Weddings were also canceled in droves during the lockdowns. They did bounce back in late 2021 and throughout 2022. But wedding-related activity does appear to show some early signs Uh, of life here in 2023 yet the jewelry industry is reeling because one of the primary reasons people buy jewelry is to symbolize the beginning of a relationship and those things weren't happening did you did you take into account that new relationships were not a new and by the way you don't really buy jewelry for divorces no
1: so uh what do you think is this shocking i i I hadn't really realized it until you started reading this piece but we're talking through this piece but i think i'm in that period of life where i don't go to weddings right now I, oh, you, it's great you, it's you, great you, you do when you're you know young and getting married and all your friends are doing the same thing and then you kind of hit that lull and then eventually you get to a point where all your friends kids are getting married i just realized that i'm in that that sweet spot where i don't have to go to 12 weddings a, a year here's the other elements of
0: this Uh, Recent consumer confidence uh, has fallen. There's been lower tax refunds, economic concerns triggered by the regional bank failures, and continued inflation led to a weakening trend in jewelry sales. On top of that, prices have climbed about 15% cumulatively over the past three years. As measured by the personal consumption expenditures index, weird time to own a jewelry store. You had to think that, though. Think about the pandemic and like who who was struggling, who was fine. Were a bunch of people out buying diamonds while, while we were all just wiping down our groceries?
1: I, I certainly wasn't. I did notice uh, when Mrs. Advice and I were walking around uh, window shopping uh, on vacation. Jewelry is read ridiculously expensive right now, and maybe it's just the old guy in me, uh, you know, coming to the, the the front. But I can't imagine trying to buy a suitable engagement ring uh, right now if I was uh, looking at at uh, wifing up right now. I, it would be crazy. The soccer
0: game last weekend, and our goalkeeper played so well, I told him that he was going to be the best man at my next wedding. (laughs) And uh, my wife didn't think that was funny. Uh, Dame, I I don't know if you also saw this week that we have found our way into a bull market. That's right. For those that don't know, uh, a bull market is when the market goes on a a good run. The bear market Mm -hmm. is when the market pulls back in a bad way. Uh, Dame, the, the market is... Running rampant, the S&P 500 so far this year is up 12.55% as of June 9th, around 10.30 a.m. You and I aren't exactly shocked by this. This is in line with some of the predictions we've made about the
1: market this year.
0: But I guess I didn't expect come June that we'd be in a bull market.
1: If you go all the way back to the low in October, it's up 20%. From its low, so it, it, that's obviously a greater period of time, but it's uh, it feels like it's been a quiet uh, recovery for for the most part into that bull market, and I, I think it just goes to illustrate that you can anticipate uh, turns in the market every once in a while. Every once in a while, you're completely wrong, but if you're not in the market, you're not going to participate in the market, participate in these returns, and if you're sitting on the sidelines because you got freaked out when things were were going down. Again, uh, sometimes that's very understandable. You're going to miss the upside, and you have very quietly gotten twenty percent returns on your your money since last October. That's pretty amazing stuff. That's the real story here. Like th- this
0: is not about hey the markets doing great. This story is about people flipping out in October, looking for alternative ways to to find y- yield or growth even if it was because CDs are paying 5% and now they are, they, they have locked in a loss. If you have made portfolio moves in what looks like the 11th of October may have been the low point. The 12th of October was the low point and your advisor said, Hey, let's move into some fixed stuff. And and you, and you went for it. You have missed out on a 20% return, which is a big return.
1: And I, you and I both know that uh, advisors are sometimes susceptible to panic, uh, and and trying to make the the right moves. Oh, the, hopefully they're always susceptible to trying to make the right moves for their clients. But every once in a while, they get caught up, especially if they've experienced everything from the late '90s up until now, and seeing the the peaks and the valleys and how they get bigger and sometimes more frequent, and thinking that you know what. We're going to get out we're going to catch it on the back on the on the way on the bounce it just doesn't always happen that way and it's why pete i i'm not going to put words in your mouth but i believe you and i are very staunch advocates of just stay in the market and make sure you are allocated uh, and diversified and that your risk tolerance is, is in check and your your investments reflect that but the longer you can stay in it the better and smoother uh your experience is going to be in the long run otherwise you and i i'm sure you saw the same reports uh, w- when you were doing this full time you know the the average investor's returns versus the market returns and the average investor's returns are significantly lower than the annual S&P 500 return because the average investor makes some crazy moves and they decide to jump out and then jump back in and we're talking you know if if the S&P returns if the market returns 10% the average investor is getting 3 Because you just, you can't put it together yourself because you are tied to emotions. Let me make the argument for people
0: that disagree with our way of thinking. Okay, so I'll start with what I believe to be our shared way of thinking. The market's in a tough spot. Let's find some return with opposite movement. Like let's let's sell mm-hmm. short. Let's let's look for opportunity here and there. That that is the value prop for some investment advisors. They say, "Look, you can make money in down markets." What what you and I when we were in that business were more likely to say is, "Yeah, you could potentially make more money in down markets. We don't think it's worth the risk of the upside" So mm-hmm. we're just going to calm down, take a breath, have some matcha—I don't know where that came from—and and just hold. Now, people who feel differently than we are may clip this radio segment and play it for their clients to say, "See these dummies—they're doing it the wrong way," which is fine. I just yeah. think it's a—it's just a different philosophy.
1: Yeah, I—in in my opinion, you're always playing catch up when you're taking that—that that, um, strategy. Uh, you are behind. You don't decide to make money in a down market until the market's already down and you've already lost. And then you are going to miss out on the rebound because you're still going to think it's a down market. uh, The other way, you're not going to recognize the inflection point and the market starts to go back up. It's going to take you a while to recognize that. So you're going to start missing on these windows of the tops and the bottoms. And it's going to end up I mean, if you're making money on the down, it's probably going to end up costing you money on either side of it. And it's likely going to come out in the wash. I don't have any numbers to support that. but No, no. Why would we do that? Reasonably, Uh, that makes sense. You know that
0: I'm a massive fan of financial advisors and investment advisors. We support Uh them. People should have them. Is it also possible, without sounding too cynical, that the reason that an advisor might go that more active path is to... to, to show value. To yeah. show value, whereas what you and I are saying as advisors is the value we're showing is just let the market do its thing, and our value is suggesting you do that versus having to outsmart outsmart the market, which I think then increases your risk.
1: I sometimes think the biggest value an advisor brings is to be a, a roadblock between you and making changes in your portfolio, not necessarily the uh, the advice or the, uh, the 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 investments they pick. But just being an impediment to say, hey, this is what you're trying to do. This is how you agreed to do it. We're still on track. Take a deep breath. Have that matcha that Pete likes so much. And it's going to be okay.
0: Yeah, if you're going to your advisor consistently with fancy ideas, they, they should probably slap them down. If your advisor is constantly coming to you with fancy ideas, then you have to be the one to <laughs> slap them down. Dame, coming up after the break, biggest waste of money of the week and the news right here on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. Hey, we made chicken salad. Yeah, that worked out well. Okay. When I travel, I do not wear my wedding band because when I travel, my fingers swell like kielbasa. And it turns out there's no impact on my life no one is ever come coming <laughs> on to me they don't they, people are like Whoa, hey uncle fester like no one's into me uh, so
1: like what is this really you know a reminder to yourself uh you could go with one of those uh silicone bands when you travel uh, have a little bit of flex to it
0: uh pilot Jeremy suggests that pilots don't wear a wedding band when they travel hmm mm. hmm wow the pilot landing in detroit yesterday from salt lake city slapped it down <laughs> like, aggressive oh my gosh <laughs> are there tires on this thing it was whew.
1: i didn't whatever i've been on a bunch but yeah hmm we uh we uh we flew out of Detroit for our vacation. Had a really actually really good experience flying out of Detroit, and uh, I'll go ahead and name drop Delta, Delta Airlines. It was fantastic.
0: Always. Okay. Um, I would do commercials for Delta on that, but I don't think they would pay me to do them. But I
1: would. Uh, now I'm envisioning a Delta commercial with Pete walking an aisle, and uh, it'd be interesting. I love him. I love Delta. Okay, here we go uh
0: i don't have a visual for this week's biggest waste of money of the week just so you know you don't no because it's it's a news item that i've turned to end so there's i i guess actually hold on let me i i can get a visual hold on give me a second here because <laughs> you know the the podcast listeners are like well, i hope he gets a visual yeah
1: they're they're all right. waiting all right uh oh man
0: this is gonna be weird <laughs> Uh, okay, here we go. Oh, what is happening? All right, here we go. Oh, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? This is gonna feel weird. I can hardly wait. Oh, yeah, it's gonna, I'm gonna under deliver. Don't you worry. All right, you ready? Three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week, right here on the Pete the Planet show, is <laughs> the offer that the Saudi Arabia soccer club or a soccer club in Saudi Arabia made to the world's best soccer player, Lionel Messi. As many of you learned this week, there's a soccer player named Messi. And as some of you also learned, he is going to begin to play for Inter Miami, uh, the Miami MLS franchise, which is a coup in the soccer world. It is a big, big deal. Dame is not a soccer guy. I am a soccer guy, so I'm actually anxious to see what he thinks of this. But here's why this is the biggest waste of money of the week. Dame, the final offer that a club in Saudi Arabia made to Lionel Messi before he chose MLS, Major League Soccer in the United States, over the club in Saudi Arabia was a three- oh, I, okay. what? I, I thought they were waiting for me to guess. Go okay, go well, ahead. A three-year deal. How much was the three-year deal worth? You from guessed. Sa- from Saudi Arabia?
1: Yeah. I, I know. I know the top tier soccer players are. Fan, uh, I was going to say ridiculously. Then I was going to say fantastically. They're really well paid. Uh, I so I'm going to go with three years, uh, two hundred million
0: dollars. Okay. Well, some for some context, uh, Ronaldo recently signed a, I believe, a two year, two hundred million dollar per year contract. Oh, so I think he's getting four million. They offered Lionel Messi. Three years, one point six billion dollars. What? Yeah. And he wow. said no.
1: Good for him. Uh, That's a lot of money, isn't it? I, in my neck of the woods, it is. Northern I retire Indiana. On it. Yeah, yeah. Dame, what's in the news this week? <sighs> Sorry, I'm. I'm still He's stunned. stunned. But still, a little. I mean, I, I have to admit, uh, when I saw that he was going to play for Miami, I did go online and see if he, he was going to play in any uh close areas to where I'm at to, to try and go. And then I saw that tickets went from like twelve bucks to four hundred bucks for yeah. for most of the, the games that he's coming to. My son never played an official game of soccer in his life. Knows who Messi is and asked for a jersey. He has a wonderful left foot not your son i don't know about your son's left it foot i've never really looked at it
0: yeah. uh what's in the news tim all right
1: uh, other u.s crypto exchanges are likely to be in the firing line after the securities and exchange commission this week sued coinbase and binance two of the world's largest crypto exchanges for allegedly breaching its rules the sec on tuesday alleged that coinbase traded at least 13 assets that are securities, which should have been registered. While on Monday, it also accused Binance, the world's largest crypto exchange, of offering 12 cryptocurrency coins without registering them as securities. Pete, it seems to me that we said a long time ago that these feel a lot more like investments than currencies. And the SEC agrees? Well, we
0: were right about Ah. these speculative investments. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, I, is this a story, Dame, in your opinion, is this a story about um, that there isn't a market for cryptocurrencies or is this a market for the people who have, or is this a story about the people who have created a market are doing so in an illegal way, right? Or, or what the SEC deems to be an illegal way because I don't, as much as I love to say the opposite, I don't think this invalidates the importance and the place of cryptocurrencies, but I think it does talk about the unregulated nature of why they can create danger for people.
1: I think um, the, the one thing that I think this highlights, uh, and it's, it's a discussion you and I have had, it's a, an argument that I've brought up to uh, our good friend and coworker Crypto Doug, uh, <laughs> is that it never felt like crypto has decided what it was going to be. Is it going to be a currency? Is it going to be an investment? Is it going to be? What is it? Because that's my biggest issue with it is I don't know what it is. If it's going to be a way to pay for stuff. Okay. Then then we need to make sure it's being set up and, you know, used appropriately. If it's an investment it needs to be regulated, just like the SEC is claiming that the, some of these products are. I, I've never felt comfortable with it from a perspective as I don't know what it is. And I'll, I'm going to, there's a quote from Gensler, uh, the uh, the the dude in charge of the SEC. Let me read it to you. I want to get your uh, your reaction to this. Quote, "Look, we don't need more digital currency. We already have digital currency. It's called the US dollar." Oh.
0: <laughs> That's lame. I'm sorry. Like I like come
1: on. Do you do you buy that?
0: With no, digital currency?
1: I, no, no. I <laughs> I I, i'm terrible. sure he's i'm sure he's arguing it's because you know you can pay stuff online you can use dollars through venmo and you can do this and do that completely different I, but i i understand why somebody from the government would be arguing that the u.s dollars are already digital i I right. get it. We're gonna play a little game called "Guess His Age." Guess his age. <laughs> are, you, are you looking I, it
0: up? I'm gonna look it up. I get, I don't even know his name. But I,
1: hold on. I, I, what's, uh, what you, Gar- don't look. Don't look. No, it's oh. it, the name's Gary Gensler. G A R Y, Gensler. Okay. G E N S L E R. Okay, so you guess his age, and then I'll guess his age because that's a uh,
0: <laughs> out of touch comment, in my opinion. Uh, fifty-eight. Ooh, that's a good guess. You can take the over or under. I'll, I'll go over. I'm going to say 64. Um, all right, let's look. I and mean, this, we're not ageists. No. It just feels like a slightly out of touch comment. Oh, 65. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's how I feel about crypto and the crypto marketplaces. A little bit like how I feel about like faith and religion. Faith can be beautiful. Crypto arguably can be beautiful. Religion sort of taints the faith. Could the could the crypto markets themselves, the, these, these exchanges, could they be the thing that actually taints crypto? Is that is that a reasonable metaphor or analogy or whatever it is?
1: Uh, maybe. I, I guess I hadn't really. I'd have to put more thought into it. Surprisingly, uh, before I, I weigh in on on how I feel, but it, there there could be something there. I'm so happy that I got Gary Gensler's
0: age within one year let's see how many months oh he's gonna be 66 in october it would have been so much closer. what else is
1: in the news this week make sure you put that on your linkedin profile uh pete do you want to talk about something about mortgages do you want to talk about trying to bring people back to work bring people back to work Business software monolith Salesforce is reportedly so desperate to see its employees back in the office that the company will donate a little less than the price of a McDonald's Big Mac meal in some cities to charity for everyday workers who physically drag themselves back to the office. That's right. Salesforce confirmed with Gizmodo that the company is hosting a global program to incentivize workers to come into the office called, quote, Connect for Good. Fortune originally reported Tuesday based on an internal Slack channel that each employee who decides to actually come to the office between June 12th and June 23rd will make Salesforce donate $10 to a local charity. Some staff are still allowed to work from home, depending on the team. And in those special cases, they when they attend virtual events at Salesforce, they'll still donate $10. Pete, is tempting employees with charity <laughs> a way to bring them back into the office? Well, you know how I feel about this topic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Although last week I admitted, uh, last, uh, yep. I worked from home last week and I was like, man, I did get a lot done. Um, and I also love a good brainstorm. I love harebrained ideas. So you're telling me <laughs> that the cost to get to the office, to have mm-hmm. lunch out, the mm-hmm. fuel, the parking, everything else. And what I get for that is they're going to give 10 bucks to someone else.
1: Yeah. To, uh, by the way, it's a group of charities that you then vote on, on who gets money. You don't get to pick your own charity. Man, I do not like to be cynical.
0: I really don't, especially as it relates to charity or tough decisions around work from home. Uh, that makes no sense to me. I, and I like Salesforce. God knows we pay him
1: enough money around yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, that makes no sense to me. I don't I don't see this having quite the influence with there. It almost feels more like a guilt trip than a than anything else. Well, speaking of guilt trips, hope you have a good week, everybody.
0: Uh, send you good vibes because <laughs> good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the planner. This is the Pete the planner show. How was that for episode 499?
1: It's just setting us up beautifully for episode 500
0: all right everybody here's what's up next week is episode 500 of the podcast but i'm gone on friday so what <laughs> we're likely maybe gonna do is do this on thursday do we want to we wanna all collectively get in on this right now and figure out how we're gonna, when we can do it uh yeah i can uh, uh let's do this all right everyone pull on. up their calendars all listeners pull up your calendars.
1: thursday the 15th that's what we're talking about right yeah can you pull up Kristen's calendar too? yep i got it too can you do can you do noon? Yes. Yes, I can. Can sure. Chris? Okay.
0: Yes, she can. All right. Can you be so kind to send a calendar invite?
1: Sure. Uh, I won't uh, you send it out anyway. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Send it to, okay. yeah. Uh send it to me. Yeah. send it to me too,
0: please. Uh, all right. So everybody, noon. Um, noon it is. Wait a second. What? Kristen says she can. Wait, is she Be a proxy? Did she text you? No, I, we have a we, we we have someone in the chat that is allegedly speaking for Kristen.
1: You see it? Oh, <laughs> is that her Thanks. proxy? Uh, actually, that that um, yeah. Okay, They're, that means give it, give it that cool. she's watching uh today.
0: Oh, oh, oh. I better be on her best behavior.
1: Uh, okay, five
0: hundredth episode next Thursday at noon. Wow, Live. work it. book do, it. I'm gonna have to do something special, and I don't. I like. What do we do? Have like a crypto expert on? Mm. No, no, no. All right, we're gonna do something special. I don't know what it is. Maybe. Oh, I got an idea. I'll talk to you after the show, Dave. Okay. Think it could be. Oh, hey. Oh, hope everybody has a good week. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Gary Gensler, 65 years old. Happy birthday. Uh. All right, everybody, stay getting money.